Blair, and welcome to the Homeschooling Family Podcast by Teach Them Diligently. Here, we discuss marriage, parenting, discipleship, homeschooling, and everything else that comes into play when you're following God's plan for your family. We are David and Leslie Nunnery, and on today's podcast, we are joined by Mark Hancock, who's the CEO of Trail Life USA. We'll be talking about raising boys and all the adventure that that entails. I am so glad you're here. So let's dive right in. Hey, you guys, welcome back for an early edition today of uh, our Facebook Live here with Teach Them Diligently at Home. David has joined the fun, and we will be talking to Mark Hancock today with Trail Life. They've got some really amazing things coming up, some great ideas for tying families together, for getting families just to do some really fun things together. So I'm interested to see uh, the conversation with David and Mark as uh, we talk about guys and ministering to them and building relationships and all that stuff. So Mark, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you, Leslie. It's great to be here. Before we dive in, can you tell us just a little bit about who you are and kind of a little bit of the background of the trail life story so that those, if they've been living under a rock and they're not aware of trail life and what you guys do, they can get a little bit of context before we jump in too deep. Well, that's awesome. My favorite subject is me. uh, (laughs) I'm glad we're starting there. I'm married to Michelle, my wife, Michelle. I have two sons. They're 20 and 18 years old. Um, Luke is a junior at Liberty, but he's home right now during this time doing online class. Logan uh, starts in Liberty in the fall. Um, they're both homeschooled, classically ed- educated for you classical education folks. I was primary on homeschool for a number of years while my wife ran uh, pregnancy care center, huh. pregnancy crisis center. Mm-hmm. And so she did that. And I stayed home with the boys, ran a couple of businesses out of the house also. But, uh, you know, I sat at the table with my sons, uh, you know, for, for a number of years wow. uh, uh, teaching them. So really one of the most wonderful parts of, of my parenting was being primary and homeschool for them. But we worked really closely together, homeschooling both of them. They're both uh, full academic scholarships at, at Liberty. So we're thankful for, for homeschooling and what it, what it can produce. So we love the, the TTD uh, uh, family, really enjoyed uh, meeting a lot of folks in Nashville and uh, looking forward to, to meeting some more of them. But about six years ago, the Boy Scouts of America started taking a course that mm-hmm. indicated to uh, a lot of folks that uh, some churches weren't going to be able to maintain a connection with Boy Scouts because of the direction they were taking. And 300 volunteers across the country, kind of a grassroots effort. Uh, started talking about the idea of, of, of something to offer, uh, not as an alternative because we're not. There's some things we have that they don't have, but 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 a place for Christian families to go to continue to explore the out, the, the outdoors and, and use the outdoors to grow character and leadership. And about four uh, factions gathered in Louisville, Kentucky, of June of 2013, and they all came together under one banner. And 68 days later, in Nashville. Uh, Tennessee, we held. We had 1,100 men show up wow. from the states, wow. and we held our inaugural convention. Uh, Governor Mike Huckabee was our keynote address, and also Dr. Michael Ferris, okay. who a lot of people are familiar with, former president of H uh, Homeschool Legal Defense Association, Patrick Henry College. Now he's over the uh, Alliance Defending Freedom. Great guy. They, they were our, our two of our speakers who were there when we launched Trail Life. 
formally launched on January 1st, uh, 2014. We had 10,000 members on our first day, and we've grown to over 30,000 members across the country in all 50 states. We charter through churches, and it's what you expect from a character leadership and adventure organization. We have troops and patrols and handbooks and a, a robust award system, and we're spending a lot of time in the outdoors, hiking, camping, uh, whitewater rafting, all that outdoor stuff. But when I said we're not an alternative to Boy Scouts, it's because there's two things that are very different about us, that if parents are interested in those two things, then there is no alternative. Hmm. Uh, we are unapologetically Christian, Christ-centered, and we are boy-focused. We believe that boys and girls are different and that boys, as much as girls, need a program that's designed specifically for them to uh, minister to their strengths and to help to uh, prepare them for leadership and in character development. So those two things make us different from Boy Scouts. A lot of people say, well, what's the difference? Because you kind of look the same. You got handbooks and uniforms and all this stuff going on. And I said, yeah, but if these two things matter to you, hmm. if the Christ-centered focus in our really radical idea in these days that boys and girls are different, if that matters to you, then the choice is really easy. If those things don't matter to you, then Boy Scouts is a good choice. They've been around for over 100 years. There's a lot of a lot of bugs they got worked out that we're still working on. But Trail Off has seen some tremendous growth because there's a lot of parents out there uh, who want to see uh, the, 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 kind of the traditional biblical values yeah. um, reinforced yeah. through an organization. They want to give their boys an opportunity to be in the outdoors and to be around male role models and, mm-hmm. and uh, Christian uh, discipleship. And also any parents who are home with their boys and girls homeschooling understand that boys and girls are different. From birth. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Certainly, you know, there's there's exceptions to that. There is the girl who likes to climb trees or the boy who's maybe quiet and wants to read or whatever. But uh, for the most most part, the center of that bell curve uh, is, is boys and girls who, who, are, who are very, very different from each other and learn differently and act differently, behave differently, social differences, psychological differences, behavioral differences, developmental differences. And we, we respect those things and we create an environment that's built for boys. Yeah. That's a long answer to your question, but there it is. No, it's fascinating. But I want to go back to something you said at the beginning before we dive into much more. You talked about the fact that you sat at home you were the primary homeschooler of your boys, um, and you you talked about sitting around the table with them and that sort of thing. How how foundational was that for your relationship with them, for really your mindset about what your ministry now and what the Lord has you doing now? You know, how big of a deal is that that God gave you that time with your boys? Oh man, uh, let's see. It was such a blessing, hmm. and you know, looking back. I, we're just not that smart. We, I, I don't know that, that we would have understood how valuable that was. And it wasn't so intentional. It's not like we said, okay, honey, you go run a pregnancy crisis center and save babies' lives, and I'll stay here and, and <clears throat> teach these boys. It just kind of happened. And um, because for years before that, it was both of us at home because the businesses that I had were kind of um, passive. I mean, we had rental properties and a small finance company and everything was being run out of the house. And so we were both around all the time and we both homeschooled them together. Um, And but then she got tapped to to go help out to to actually run the pregnancy crisis center, the the. the founder was was retiring after 18 years. Wow. 
And um, so she stepped over into that and really felt like God was leading her to go do that. She had had a really a good career. She, she was in insurance for years, spent 15 years with Allstate. And she came home when the boys, uh, when it was time for her to come home and be, be with the boys uh, when, they, when they were very young. And she began to work out of the house. And eventually she stopped working for Allstate. And so, so she was primary in the early years on homeschooling, but I was present all the time. Mm-hmm. But when she stepped out to run the, the, the Pregnancy Crisis Center, um, I, I, I became primary. And it was a perfect time because the boys were 12, 14 years old. And it was, it was, the, it was the time really when they needed for probably the most of their lives that, that, that dad influence, yep. you know, in that time of their lives yep. when going through those, yep. through those changes. So it was really a God thing. I was not involved in Boy Scouts growing up or even as an adult, my boys were in Boy Scouts and because I was a homeschooling dad, I didn't drop them off there, you know, <laughs> but I, but I didn't get involved either. I kind of sat in the back of the room and helped out with some of the badges, went on their camping trips and things like that. But I was not a leader in Boy Scouts. So they asked me to be a, a leader in the troop. And I said, I don't really want to lead in a boys organization, which is not the kind of thing you should say <laughs> that God hears. Um, so, so, but my experience with my boys helped me understand boys. I also have a couple of masters degrees, a master's degree in mental health counseling uh, from a secular college, and then I have a, a degree in counseling psychology, master's degree in counseling psychology from a Christian college. So I've always understood developmental phases, and I've always understood boys boys in, in development. So yeah. that and having the experience of sitting there all day with two boys in that age was both a blessing to my family, to me personally, and I think that it was somewhat preparing me for, for trail life yeah. and for, wow. and, and I'll tell you what was the cool thing is we were very present because we both worked on the house and we we're all there all the time. We, our boys didn't understand. I would say to them, you know, there's some dads who go to work, like they leave the house and they go somewhere else. And their boys are like, get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> How does that work? You know, cause, cause they had never seen me, you know, leave the house to go to work. So, uh, when Trail Life came along, it was uh, when we launched in January 14. I'd been a volunteer for six months to help it get up and running. And then on January 1st, on our launching day, I stepped off to be the COO. Well, it was an incredibly intense time, mm-hmm. you know, to grow that quickly out of nothing and to build to uh, be part of building that organization. So that was the time that I was least present for my boys. Even though I'm sitting at the head of the table on my laptop helping to start Trail Life. And one of my sons is here doing his, his work and one is here. I wasn't as present as I had been in the previous years. But I look back at the previous years when my wife and I did it together and for the, the time that I was doing it as primary, and I recognized that God was building a foundation in my sons that would allow our relationship to survive the type of intense work and pressure that was needed in order to get trail life uh, launched and off the ground. So they definitely paid a price during the early days of trail life. You know, our family moved to South Carolina, we pulled them up, found a new community, new friends, everything um, to make that happen. Uh, we moved almost overnight because we really didn't have time to actually pack because trail life, which things were just moving so quickly in trail life, we didn't have time to do anything. <clears throat> so, but I think that our, the strong relationship that we built in the time prior helped us to get through that very difficult yeah. three or four mm-hmm. years of, of dad working, you know, around the clock, literally, yeah. uh, to help trail life get off the ground. So I think if we hadn't had that time, it would have been one of those stories that you hear about, about the, the, the 
church leader, the denominational leader who loses his family yeah. because he's so invested in ministry. But because we had built such a strong foundation in the early years, um, the boys tolerated that that time, and we're still we're just very close. Of course, we've got them both home now through this um, coronavirus thing, and and you know it's just it's the four of us at home again. It's great having Luke back from college, and Logan was an intern for Team Pact. If you're familiar with Team Pact, yeah, um, he was yeah. traveling all over the country uh, doing these state classes uh, as a, as an intern. And, um, of course, that's all been canceled. So we have him home, too. So it's kind of nice to have everybody home now. And, uh, you know, it's nice that we had such a good, solid uh, foundation for our relationship that, that we can just so enjoy this time together, even though now they're 18 and 20 when, when a lot of kids aren't interested in being around their parents. Yeah. Another long answer. <laughs> so uh, one of the things I wanted to bring out of, you know, the story that you just told us is you mentioned, hey, we couldn't be really, we weren't this smart. But it seemed like that in raising your boys that you had a very specific kind of priority. You know, you were very engaged in everything that was going on. It wasn't so much like this, you know, step one, step two, step three got to do everything perfect and we planned all this thing out and it laid out perfectly and look at this great relationship we have with our boys it really came down to it seemed like you had this priority of engaging and being with them yeah and 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 that that is something that that we're intentional about Mm -hmm. but as far as what that looked like and how that played out we just never could have made it happen in such a beautiful way yeah, we yeah. have we have said so many times that same exact thing. We weren't that smart. You know, we look back and we see God answering prayers in the way that he has worked and the way that he used specific situations. And we just weren't that smart. But we were laying every day out to the father and we were praying yeah. for wisdom. And you just see his hand leading you so clearly. And it is yeah. amazing to get a little bit of a rearview mirror so that you can see his hand on display so much. Well, we had our staff devotional this morning, and I reminded the staff that of the decision, the way that God has led us from 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 day one. And I've used this language before in speeches or, or whatever, and I reminded them this morning that that we're we're intensely spiritual, but we're also thoroughly practical. Yep. And uh, when you get those, and that's kind of how Michelle and I were, you know, we, we were definitely intensely spiritual, but, but we pay a lot of attention to the practical too, because I've seen people who are only intentionally spiritual and they just kind of, it's wonderful that they have such a love for the Lord, but, but it just seems like they, they have, they have trouble finding, finding their, their course, you know, tying that, that passion down to something, uh, that, that, that. Uh, you know, perhaps they're, they're doing great work in the spirit. I'm sure they are, but it doesn't look the same as when you twine that with that thoroughly practical part that says, okay, now what do we do knowing this? And I think when you can get those things working together and you don't sacrifice one for the other, um, then, then you look back and you say, wow, you know, I wasn't practical enough uh, to make that spiritual part work out. And I wasn't spiritual enough to make it practically as turn out as, as well as it did. So it's, it, it's an interesting walk, isn't it? It is. And it, you kind of look back and you go, yeah, look what God did. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I kind of messed up here. I kind of messed up there and the Lord just kind of made it whole. Yeah. Yeah. So that's good. And, and, um, uh, you know, one, one thing that you kind of talked about is, uh, 
boys and being at home with the boys during that those kind of middle school years. And I know that there's a lot of families right now that have boys at home. And uh, I don't know if they're they're feeling this, but during this time, I've had a hard time focusing. And it's like, what do you you're just kind of floating a little bit. And uh, these these families, they're just it's kind of hard to keep these guys busy, you know, during the day. And so um, one of the uh, uh, sessions that you had uh, that what ran yesterday was about boys. And you can actually see that on replay. And then you have one tonight about a shared life. But um, talk about uh, kind of a typical day in homeschooling boys. And then, you know, what should some of these families be doing with their kids now? Well, gosh, I mean, you have so many folks out there who are so good at this. I mean, we learn so much from the homeschooling community, you know, listening to other people. Um, so I, I don't consider myself an expert on that. Again, I think we just got up every day and hugged God really tight mm-hmm. and, and, and managed to get, get through that day. So I don't consider myself an expert on that, but I'll do my best. Um, we do have right now on our website at trailoffusa.com a blog post on um that talks about letting boys be boys during this time, this coronavirus. And I think there's six six ideas that we that we suggest for parents. And it's primarily aimed at parents that don't have the kind of experience that, that your folks do of ha- having the kids around a lot. Um, but we talk about things, and some of it's from more of a, a mental health level, saying, uh, you know, uh, make, make sure we're managing their anxiety properly, which means we've got to manage our own, too. You know, remember, we, we, we know this. We know that we can't protect our kids from every difficulty, but we can live our lives in such a way that we're modeling for them how to manage difficulty. So, you know, we can't keep a pandemic from happening, but we can model for them how to live during as people of faith during a pandemic. So I encourage parents to make sure that, that they realize kids are incredibly observant. And if we're not living lives of faith in front of them at this time, certainly they're going to get anxious because they're not going to pick up on our faith. They're going to pick up on our anxiety. And so we have to remember to to pay attention to that. We have to define for them certain words. I mean, who knew the, who knew the expression social distancing six months ago? Have you ever heard that in your life? I hear you. you know, now it's like part of our everyday language. And and so those sort of things that the kids kids are hearing, this language, or quarantine. How many times did you say the word quarantine in the last, in the previous year versus this year, you know, these, these are different words. Just the language that we're using is different during this time. And if we're not talking to our kids about that language, explain, explaining to them what social distancing means, why it's helpful or why it's, why it's, why it's being used, then, then they just hear these kind of scary, scary words. So, so we have to pay attention to the, to, to the hearts of our kids during this time. You know, we could, we have to, uh, it, it's a good time to sort of relax uh, some, some of our, some of our higher objectives. Hey, you guys. Well, let's chalk that up to uh, first time for everything. Um, so we just got cut off with Mark Hancock. We were talking about kind of even the, the mental health of our guys. And one thing that, you know, before I turn it over, one thing that I was thinking as you were talking <clears throat> is as a mom, sometimes it's hard to let boys be boys. Sometimes, you know, all of our sensibilities, I've got two boys, for those of you that don't know, mine are 18 and 22, uh, 20 as well, not 22. And, you know, there, there are times when I just kind of have to look the other way and let them do their thing. Not bad things, just boy things. But 
at the dinner table two nights ago, the guys started talking about this place they used to go and the things that they used to do. It's a creek where they used to hike back behind our house and they found this cool place with a cave and stuff. They had a cave. And as they started talking about that and just hearing these big guys laughing and enjoying the memories of what they had done there and the adventures and stuff, I thought, thank God I allowed it, even though I kind of had to hold my breath a little bit to allow it. (laughs) But but how important is it for us moms, especially, because I don't think you guys struggle with this the same way, but how important is it for us moms to allow our guys to be guys? Well, I I would say that I was doing just the opposite. I was like encouraging them on the other side (laughs) while she's nervous about it. I'm thinking, man, yeah, that was cool. Let's go do it again. (laughs) So, yeah, well, that's, you know, that's typical, you know, I think that's in a, in a lot of households, but, uh, you know, it is important. In fact, we have a free download right now at our website called Let Boys Be Boys. Uh, that's helpful for parents. I actually wrote it for our, for our leaders on how to, how to, because schools are built for girls. Yep. You know, our, our traditional schools are built for girls. Sit still, be quiet, pay attention. Well, that's murder for boys. Forget it. You know, and there's 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 biological differences, biological reasons why it is that way. Um, our eyes are constructed differently than girls. Our ears are constructed differently. Our brains are different. Interesting thing about eyes is that boys' eyes, and we have more cones and rods, and so they're more sensitive to things in the distance and motion. Well, in a classroom, what does that look like? You know, it looks like squirrel. You know, yeah. it's like we're, yeah. <laughs> we're attracted to those things that are going on out there. And God built us that way to look at. And of course, girls have much better vision up close because they're holding that baby and picking up every little nuance of that little baby's face. And so the guy, you know, we can hold a baby for a while, but it's like, what's what's going on somewhere else? You know, we're just we're built that way. So so you have to pay attention to those sort of things, the biological, psychological, developmental difference between boys and girls. Great tips and, and let boys and boys little tiny book, like 10 pages or something that you can download for free. Also, five critical needs of boys. You can download for free at TrailFUSA.com. But um, for us, it was the same struggle. You know, and I think God builds it that way so that you have, you know, both both the mothering and the fathering thing going on there. Um, and, and I would say there were a couple of things that we did that I think were Holy Spirit led. And again, it wasn't so intentional as it was. Oh, let's do this. And then we discovered it was a good idea. One is there was we, we were blessed in that we had um, th- a three bedroom house, but the boys shared a bedroom. So that extra bedroom was the playroom. And the playroom never needed to be cleaned. They were, when I say that, they were not required to keep the playroom clean. So they would go in there. That's where all the toys were. That's where all the stuff was. And they didn't have to clean it. They could leave everything out, leave it a mess, close the door. Now, the rest of the house, you know, mom owned. So <laughs> so that had to be picked up properly. But their playroom was a place for boys to be boys. So you'd go in there, you'd constantly find uh, Lego projects or things half built or, or whatever. I mean, it was just a mess. Every, every once in a while, we would say, OK, guys, let's let's go through this. Let's pick up a little bit in here. And it was fun because they would find stuff that they had forgotten about. Oh, cool. I remember this. Yeah. So, so, so we did that. We gave them their place because you remember God created, and this is, this is the thing we forget about. I think uh, John Eldridge talks about this in, in Wild Heart. He talks about how man was created in the wild 
And then he was placed in the garden, which was a place of order. And the woman was brought out of him in that place of order. So women are, are created in place of order. Men are created in the wild. So, so for boys, it's important that they do have that wild space. And with us, we did it by that playroom. Another thing that we did that um, you know, girls are, are more naturally prone to be readers than boys. But boys are more prone to be braggarts than girls. Well, take the benefits of bragging and the benefits of reading and put them together. So we allowed our boys to stay up as late as they wanted to, as long as they were reading. Hmm. So uh, usually our TVs and all the electronics would go around, around off around 830 at, the at night and the whole house would be quieted as we were preparing ourselves for bed. And then they were allowed to go into their bedrooms and go in their beds and read for as late as they wanted to. Well, they're bragging to their friends at the playground. I got to stay. I get to stay up as late as I want to. Well, that is like you are like king of the playground if you have no bedtime, you know. But I can't tell you how many times we went in there at 10, 1030 at night and took a book off a sleeping boy's face, you know, <laughs> turn out the light. Um, and then, of course, there was a night that my oldest, my wife and I were sound asleep, and he comes in our room in the middle of the night and says, can I turn off my light now? <laughs> yeah, of course you can. <laughs> you know, he wasn't used to turning off his own light, you know, at night. He had just read, and we had gone to bed early. Um, but we turned them both into readers hmm. uh, because they were able to brag about how late they stayed up. And I guarantee boys are not going to miss out on sleep. Uh, you're not going to damage them physically or anything else. They're gonna they're gonna sleep if they if they if they really need yes. to. Um, yes. So those are just two ideas that we did that we threw in there, uh, trying to take advantage of of the wildness that's innate in boys. But then we also created places of order because their whole lives they're also gonna have to walk in places where there has to be order. Um, so so if you can give them both of those things and you can create from that sense and that understanding that now is the time for play and now is the time for work, they don't confuse those. Yeah. Yeah. You know, those, those two things, you know, school, conventional school is an incredible stressor, particularly on boys, because of all the challenges that they walk into that environment with already. They're, they're they lay lag behind girls and their ability to, to learn and their social skills lag behind. You know, in the, in the 90s, when they restructured the, the whole thing, uh, they really because girls were, were lagging in science and technology. They restructure the whole program in order to teach girls, and that's why our schools are places that girls are excelling. They, they're now leading in every single academic category. Without there's every category girls lead in, and it's because it's, it's built for girls. It used to be boys led in certain areas, but what we weren't paying attention to in the 90s that boys were really lagging in language and social skills. So we didn't in, we didn't create programs to help our boys grow in language and social skills except that we built it in the ways that we built for girls. Here, girls, go read, you know, Little Women or go read Little House on the Prairie. Well, give that to a boy. You know, just shoot me now, you know. Yeah. Give, me some, <laughs> give me something that's got dragons. You know, give me some Brian Davis stuff yeah. to read. Give me something yeah. that, that, that then I'll read. Um, so so we really built it for girls, and, and boys have paid – quite a price, so twice as likely to be special education, three times more likely to be ADHD, to fall in, they have fallen behind every single academic category. And as a result, we're seeing higher suicide rates in boys, we're seeing higher crime rates, we're seeing this failure to, failure to launch kind of things. Um, we've taken away, you know, boys need, um, they need a challenge, they need risk and competition, 
we have to give that. We've taken risk and competition out, this whole participation trophy kind of thing. The only place boys find risk and competition now is online, you know, in, in games. That's they right. get points, they can win, they can lose, they can earn things, they get levels. It's real clear where it is that they're performing in terms of everybody else. So we drive them to that virtual world. Uh, where they can compete and where they can win. And then we criticize them for spending so much time there. So they really can't win either way. So you've got to find ways to create for your boy uh, competitive opportunities. That's why in Trail USA we have awards programs. I mean, if you work hard at something, you're going to earn it. If you don't, you don't get it. And Mm -hmm. if we're not careful, we're going to create a a generation of unproductive narcissists. You know, they're unproductive because we're not really challenging to do anything. And the narcissist because we're not letting them fail. Mm -hmm. You know, we have to fail every once in a while in order to learn that you can recover from failure. And that's what uh, generations are missing recently. And that's why so many men are not succeeding, particularly young men, because they fail one time and they they think they think they're done. They don't realize failure is, is just the beginning. Right. <laughs> that's, that's the starting place. So um, I don't know if that helps or not. Oh, that even answers your question, but you kind of push a button for me there. I love talking about boys. No, that is awesome. Yeah. Actually, yeah. even as a, a mom of big boys, Hearing some of those things gives so much structure to what I observed, but didn't know what I was looking at. And as you were talking, I'm like, I can't wait to put this out and say, if you have a boy, you have to watch this because it's so insightful to that kind of information is not readily given to us, but it really does help us parent our boys so much better as we understand them so much better. So I'm so glad we pushed that button for you. It was awesome. Well, and, uh, you know, one, I remember uh, going on a vacation and I actually read that book, Wild at Heart. And one of the things he talks about is the desire for adventure that boys have. And so I started the process going into that vacation because I was thinking, okay, what are we going to do on this vacation? I started to think about everything that we were doing and finding new adventures for the guys because of the way that they kind of approach life. And, um, and you know, I had a lot of great experiences from that as well, because that was actually attaching itself to something inside of me that I hadn't really thought about that I hadn't actually brought out. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it's a big deal. That's, that's in us to do, to do big things. Hmm. Well, how does all of that then relate to trail life? How can Trail Life be an an organization, an entity, an outlet for these guys to really express it? How can families utilize what you guys have? I know you've got a big initiative. I think it's this weekend coming up. So can you tell us about all all that you all have going on and how you can help families with guys? Oh, goodness. Yes, you're pushing another button there. Every element of Trail Life USA is built for boys. It has to be. And that's why it was disturbing for us. We love girls. You know, as American Heritage Girls is our, our girl counterpart. They've been around about 25 years. Great folks. If you have girls, get involved with American Heritage Girls. It's specifically focused on girls. It bothered us about Boy Scouts. That Boy Scouts basically said to boys, yeah, we have this program that's produced presidents and senators and astronauts and, and uh, generals and civic leaders. But basically, it doesn't matter that we can do that for boys or girls. That just isn't true. So our program, we throughout our entire program is not only Christ, but also this boy focus where it's designed in order to 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 appeal to boys. You know, boys are looking for three things. Who's in charge? Who's with me? And what's our mission? 
And so we lay that out really clearly in Trial Life USA. Who's in charge? Well, they're in a structured environment. They have the troop master or in their patrol, which is all boy-led. They have their, their first officer or they have their junior patrol leader. They have the person who's in charge of that patrol. So they know who's in charge. You know, you know in, a, in a traditional school environment, uh, that's one of the biggest challenges is when that uh, substitute teacher shows up. And girls will typically say, okay, you're the teacher today. I get that. Boys will say, are you sure you can handle us? <laughs> you know, are, you, are, you, are, you, are you ready for this? And because boys need to know that that person in charge is in charge. And uh, so they're, they're going to ensure that that person, they're going to test that person. They want to know, can you manage? Because you don't know these other guys in this classroom. Are you sure you're in charge? So they'll always test that. Who's in charge? Who's with me? Well, in the Trail of USA, we, from our uniforms to our patrol names and, and uh, identities of those, those patrols, we're creating that environment where, where there's a community. Boys know what they're a part of. And that's one. There's, there's two major things that we're missing for boys today, and, and this is worldwide, is, is, is community, which is a faith community that you can share the same beliefs. And, um, oh, gosh, I just forgot the second thing. <laughs> ah, it'll come back to me. But it's, it's this, this, this who's in charge, who's with me, you got to create an environment where you know who's with you and what is our mission. And so in Trail of USA, we're constantly putting missions in front of boys, whether it's completing a badge or putting boys in a group and say, okay, plan this weekend's camping adventure. What is it going to do? Or plan this hike or plan this uh, uh, service opportunity for your community or plan this project. And so, so boys, boys are able, they clearly know their mission. Now, who has done a really good job of answering those three questions? Who's in charge? Who's with me? And what's our mission? Is gangs. And gangs do that really well. And so gangs are exploding because they're taking boys who are pretty much lost in a culture that's not communicating those things. And they're giving them real clear answers to that. Who's in charge? Who's with us? And what's our mission? It's usually not good, but they're doing that really well. And that's why they're growing so fast. So we're taking those lessons from gangs and using them in Trail Life USA in order to inspire and draw boys together. So we, we do that constantly. And we also listen to the field. You know, our volunteers in the field, we have over 8,000 adult volunteers in the field, and they have great ideas. And I'm always telling our staff the best ideas come from the field because they're out there working with these boys and they're thinking about this, they're passionate about the program. They have eyes and ears where we don't have eyes and ears. And they came up with this idea of the National Backyard Campout which is this Friday night, April 17th. I heard this morning in our, our staff report that we have over 3,000 families across the United States that have registered at our website to say we are camping out on Friday night. And we have 30,000 members. So there's a lot of people participating in the National Backyard Camp Out this Friday night. If you go to the website, trailfusa.com under events, you can find out all about the National Backyard Camp Out. There's resources there and some ideas and activities you can put your name and zip code in and a little pin will pop up on the map and show you show where your family's going to be camping not exactly where you're camping but it'll show the zip code that you're camping in and you just see those pins just just spreading across the map as families are getting involved but that idea came from the field because our troops uh when you put men together and you give them a mission and you focus them on it you tell them who they're with uh they can get just about anything done and so in this time of quarantine and 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 social distancing, our troops have figured out how to meet. And so they're using some of these same things that we're using today in order for the troops to continue to make progress on badges. They took it a step further and troops started camping virtually 
where they would connect with each other and, and the whole troop would camp and they would all be on the, their laptops or their phones. And it was that, you know, they would do the best they could to be together. And, that, and that's when they said, can we do this for the whole country? That's amazing. That's good. So awesome. Yeah. It's, it's really exciting. And hearing your heart for, for guys and getting men together and leadership, the hearts go up every time you, you mention really empowering our guys to be guys, because that's, that's just not said in our culture today. And us, I can speak from mom's standpoint. Us moms want that. We want our, we want to raise men. Yeah. Well, I mean, it doesn't take long being around your kids to realize that there's definite differences between them. And the guys need something special. And they need somebody talking directly to them. And so a, pro, a program like Trail Life, literally could become part of the education process on a day-to-day basis with your kids and taking some of the stuff that you've just said today and applying that into your own school, you know, where uh, you're talking about math, you're talking about science, you're talking about uh, language arts, you're talking about the kind of books to read. You know, your son's not going to be interested in reading Little House on the Prairie. He's going to want to read about Robin Hood and he's going to want to read books from Chuck Black and, you know, Brian Davis and these guys that write books that have adventure to them. And so I think that's really powerful for a lot of these families to be able to hear that. Um, And it actually gives them confidence in what they're doing. Uh, I think tonight we have a feature session that is the power of a shared life that you're doing for us. Yeah. So what can you tell us kind of in preview of that? Because we want everybody to make sure that they tune into that this evening. But what can they expect in the power of a shared life? In our in our culture, in our drawing closed off to other people, in our isolated culture, we for, we can forget the value and the power of sharing our very lives. And so that that's a point that I'm making in there. That's how important it is to share to share our lives with one another. Some neat some neat stories in that talk, and I'd love to hear feedback from. Uh, from, from, from the TTD family on, uh, on that message. You know, that's why, David, I appreciate the invita- invitation to um, share at the men's breakfasts at the, at the TTD, but also in a general audience like that. Mark, you're starting to freeze a little bit on us, but I do want to key on the fact that uh, you just brought up the men's breakfast. We, yeah. have, we have more events that, by God's grace, we're going to be live for. So make sure that you get your 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 guys engaged in that men's breakfast in Mobile and Columbus and Athens and so on so that you can really get them this information, get them excited about what, you know, not only trail life has to offer, but, but just what God has in his plan for guys. And I think Mark does such an amazing job and trail life as by extension of really getting us excited in what God has for guys. So thank you, Mark. Thank you so much for joining us this morning. I'll put out all of those links. I've marked down the eBooks and stuff that you mentioned so that we can share those links, make sure people get them. I want to go download them. So Mark, thank you so, so much for joining us and for working through the the technical hiccups and bugaboos. Cool. Well, thank you so much. I really enjoyed talking with you. You asked some great questions. Well, good. Well, um, and to to the ones that are asking if we can make this public for trail life recruiting and such, absolutely. We'll edit it all together, put it back out there for you. And who's asking if Athens is still on, we can't wait to get to Athens. So um, uh, assuming that the Lord doesn't 
extend this thing out crazy long. We we have every intention of being there. We're shifting some things around to make our later events possible. So um, stay tuned. We're hopefully getting out emails yeah. soon to, to let you guys know what's going on we're, with those. We're, we were working on emails a little earlier and yesterday, and we'll send those out uh, to give you guys a, a little bit more direction on what's going to happen the rest of the year. But we're not done having events. No, we. in fact, they're going to be sweeter still just when we can fellowship in person. Right, That's Mark? Right. Get everybody right, back looking together. Forward to it. Looking All right. forward to it. You guys it. have a great day. I'll get actually get my teenage son uh, working to edit these two pieces together, and uh, we'll put this back out for you. So thanks again, Mark. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Teach Them Diligently podcast. We believe that every family is called to teach them diligently, so we're here to help. We would love to get to know you on site at one of our many events each year and throughout the year when you become part of the Teach Them Diligently 365 community. Go to www.teachthemdiligently.net forward slash podcast to get more details and resources to encourage and equip your family. While you're there, you can also pick up the show notes and additional information from today's show. It's our daily prayer that God will encourage and equip your family through Teach Them Diligently, and we'd love to hear from you. Send us a note or share your stories with us on social media with the hashtag WeTTD. God is doing great things within His families all around the world, and we would love to celebrate that with you. We'd also love to have you join us by subscribing to our podcast and then sharing it with a friend who could use a little encouragement as they too follow God's plan for their family. Hope you have a fantastic rest of your day, and I look forward to visiting with you again real soon.